0: thought long and hard. Uh, But anyway, enough about my priapic cogitations. Uh, Let's get on with the David Eagle podcast. Sorry, I don't know why I told you that. No, I've thought long and hard about how to tell you uh, this story. But bearing in mind that a lot of people will already know what this podcast is going to entail, or at least part of it, due to the fact that I posted on Tuesday night on social media about the absolute disastrous gig and then the disastrous events subsequent to the gig, I think it's probably a good idea Maybe just to make sure that we're all up to speed. And maybe start with the social media post. This episode of the David Eagle Podcast is me telling the story of an absolutely crazy gig. The social media post is just a brief synopsis of everything. There's so much more to go into. And I've got clips from the gig. (laughs) i'm gonna play you clips from the gig so strap yourself in this is gonna be quite the podcast (laughs) but before we get to that i'm just gonna read you very quickly the social media post that i put on tuesday night yesterday i left sheffield to do a week of comedy gigs some paid others free nights to try out some new material although by the time i'd booked trains and accommodation i'd be at least 200 pounds down Last night was one of the free ones in a massively rowdy pub where the locals actively made it their mission to sabotage the gig. I was last on and the gig ended when a man shouted that he was going to take me outside and kick the shit out of me. He was a big Nigel Farage fan and he didn't take kindly to me joking about his hero. I was hastily driven to the Premier Inn that I was staying at that night. I then logged into my emails only to discover that my paid theatre gig the following day had been cancelled due to Covid-related reasons. The following day's gig was back in London and was another free pub gig for the same bloke who'd put on yesterday's shit pub gig. So I'd already got my train to Worcester booked, a travel lodge in Worcester booked, a train back to London from Worcester the following day booked, and a London Premier Inn booked. I decided it would be madness to go all the way to Worcester just to stay in a travel lodge, because that's what I would have had to have done. Otherwise, if I hadn't done that, I'd have had to have booked some other accommodation in London. But I'd already got accommodation in Worcester and the train book to Worcester. So do I just say, oh, sod it, I'll just stay in London and wait around for the shit gig <laughs> in the pub. It would cost me less to get my train to Worcester than just stay in the travel lodge in Worcester and then just go all the way back on Thursday to do the gig at the pub again. <laughs> so it would have been cheaper to have done that. I would have been going to Worcester essentially to stay in a travel lodge because it would be cheaper for me to uh, do that than it would be to stay in London. And I didn't really want to go back to do one of his pub gigs, bearing in mind the last one, someone had threatened to kick the shit out of me. So I decided, well, the gig in Worcester's been canceled. I don't really want want to do the gig in london so i might as well just cut my losses and just head back to sheffield and then just stay at home for a couple of days and then head to bath where i'm doing the bath comedy festival on friday i thought that would make more sense so essentially my week-long road trip lasted for a day so i booked a train back to sheffield i managed to get partial refunds on the tickets it's one of those things where the train is 30 pounds and it says you will be refunded 100 of your ticket refund amount 30 pounds admin charge? £10. (laughs) So it's not really 100% of my ticket, is it? That's like when my current account tells me how much money I've made from my current account. It says, you've made this amount of money in interest. And then it says, this does not include your £5 monthly charge. So you go, well, I haven't made that much money, have I? I've made a fraction of that money. Because when you take the £5 monthly charge off, I've made absolutely nothing. But anyway, by the way, the social media post doesn't say all of this. I'm tangenting, because that's what I do. Anyway, I managed to get partial refunds on tickets. When I looked to cancel my accommodation, I discovered that Premier Inn have a weird policy where you've got to cancel within 24 hours of making the booking which to my mind makes no sense I can understand it if it was 24 hours from when your room is because then they might struggle to find somebody else so it's an inconvenience for them to cancel I don't understand why it matters that it was made 24 hours after my booking I don't understand what the logic is there because usually it makes no odds to them once I booked a room then I wanted to stay out in three months time and then 24 hours later the gig got cancelled I got three months notice but it says oh no I'm sorry you 25. You booked the room 25 hours ago it's like yeah but the room's not for three months you're going to sell it on no I'm afraid you're just going to have to keep that room. What was, if, what was if somebody else wanted a room and the and the place was full? Well, there's nothing we can do about it. No, no, I'm afraid you're going to have to keep that room. If you don't stay at it, the room's just going to be empty. I mean, with that logic, what was if everyone wanted to cancel the room? Premier Inn could be 100% booked, but nobody's actually staying there. Meanwhile, you could have people waiting to check in. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm afraid the room's already taken. Again, I've tangented from the social media post. <laughs> I'm just having a bit of a rant. <laughs> But anyway, it doesn't matter because fortunately I discovered 23 and a half hours after making the booking, that's when I discovered that the gig had been cancelled. So I thought, brilliant, I'll just cancel the room then. But then I tried to get on the internet and I couldn't. Firstly because there was no signal in my Premier Inn room it just said zero bars and I tried to connect to the Premier Inn Wi-Fi but the Premier Inn Wi-Fi was so shit like, incredibly slow and just kept disconnecting me so I was in a situation where I knew I wanted to cancel my room but I couldn't I couldn't make a phone call Though I suppose what I could have done now with the benefit of hindsight is maybe I could have gone down to reception and said I need to cancel my room for a Premier Inn at another part of London in two days time but they'd have probably said oh no you need to do that yourself on the internet but I didn't know at this point I thought I've still got 30 minutes to do it and then by the time I got through to the onto the Wi-Fi, it says, oh, no, sorry, you're two minutes overdue now. You can't cancel your room. So I've had to pay £42 for a Premier Inn room that I don't want. And the only reason for it is because the Wi-Fi at the Premier Inn that I was staying in was too shit to allow me to cancel the room. So essentially, Premier Inn have actively stopped me from cancelling my room. And then I tried to cancel my £62 Travelodge room, which was the following day in Worcester. And I try and cancel that. And it says, oh, no, you have booked a saver rate. £62 the room costs. £62 for a double room for one night. It's cost me £62, but apparently that's the saver rate. What I should have done, apparently, is I should have paid an extra £20. And that would have meant that if I wanted to cancel the room, I could cancel it. But I can't keep doing that. I can't do that every single gig. I can't pay twenty pounds more every single time I do a gig. That's going to be absolutely ridiculous. But I don't understand. Again, I don't understand why they can't cancel the room. And also, I'm not looking for a full refund necessarily. I understand it. Won- I'm only giving them a night's notice. It's the following day. But why can't they give me fifty percent back? And then they could sell the room on. They'd make a profit. They'd make a profit out of me canceling, somebody else taking the room. And the annoying thing with this is, when I clicked cancel to see if I could cancel, it says, "Oh, you won't get any refunds. If you cancel, you won't get any." refund whatsoever. Do you still want to cancel your room? And I thought, well, what's the point? So I thought, no, I won't cancel it out of spite. Because if I cancel my room, you could sell the room on. You could make a profit out of my misery. So I thought, no, out of spite, I won't cancel my room. I mean, it's, I know it's a Pyrrhic victory. Again, I've tangented from the social media post. Some people will be thinking, when you mentioned being threatened and someone said they were going to kick the shit out of you, surely that would have been a point of tangent. No, I just glossed over that. I'm more annoyed about the Premier in the Travelodge room. Someone's threatened to drag me outside and kick the shit out of me. I'm just like, well, keep reading the rest of my social media post, but I'm so livid about the Premier in the Travelodge. (laughs) I'm more angry about that than anything else. That's upset me more than someone wanting to kick the shit out of me. What's going to happen on this podcast is I'm going to tell you the story of that gig and I'm going to play you the clips from the gig. So I was in isolation until the 24th, which meant that I missed a new material free night in Leicester, which is a reasonably local gig for me on the 19th, a paid gig in Huddersfield, that's a reasonably local gig as well, and a paid gig at Bath Comedy Festival. So I'd missed those, and then finally I was allowed to go back out. I did a festival, I did Stand and Calling Festival in Hertfordshire, so that was my first gig out on the 24th. And actually I was very lucky to be able to do that gig, because on the 25th Stand and Calling got flooded and everything was cancelled. But I was meant to be doing a gig on the 25th, so I was meant to go from London to Glossop near Manchester to do a gig, and I was on with Rob Rouse and Tom Rigglesworth. And then just as I was setting off to go to Hertfordshire, I got a message saying the Glossop gig's been cancelled. That was frustrating, so that gig got cancelled. So then someone had put a Facebook post on one of the comedy forums that people put things on to advertise gigs. And it was this person saying, I've started putting on comedy nights. I'm setting up my own comedy promotion company and I've started putting on comedy nights. And the first one is at a pub in Eltham in London on the 27th of July. And I've also got another one in Orpington in London on the 29th of July. They both were described as comedy clubs. And he said, I'm looking for comedians to do 30-minute sets. And I thought, this is perfect, because that means I've got a gig in Worcester I mean, for some reason, I thought Worcester was a lot closer to London than it actually is. It's the same distance from Sheffield to Worcester as it is from London to Worcester, so it didn't quite make sense. But I thought, well, I'm on the road. I'll do the 27th in London. I'll do Worcester on the 28th. I'll do the 29th in London. And then I'll head straight to Bath on the 30th. And then I've got a gig with Boothby Graffo and Elf Lyons on the 31st in Manchester. And then I've got a brilliant gig doing a 50-minute set and I'm following Hal Cruttingdon and Robin Ince. So I thought, I really want to be match fit. I've taken a bit of a Knocking with the isolation period, but this will get me match fit because I'll have 30 minutes in London on the 27th. I'll have 25 minutes in Worcester on the 28th. I'll have another 30 minutes in London on the 29th. I'll have a 20-25 minutes set in Bath on the 30th. I've got 15 minutes in Manchester on the 31st. By the time we get to the 1st of August, and I'm on just after Robin Inns, I'll be match fit and I'll be really confident and do a 50-minute set. So I turn up to this gig. It's quite the rough pub. Already, there's like locals are just like swearing at each other and each other to fuck off for the slightest misdemeanour. There seems to be a bit of an atmosphere, basically, in this pub. I'm thinking there's no way they're going to go for a lot of these jokes. I, I think, I'm confident, I think I've got my accordion, I, you know, I can smut it up, I can make it really earthy, I could probably do fine with the gig. But bearing in mind I'm partly there to do jokes that I think would work for a crowd of Robin Ince fans with his Radio 4 science stuff. And my warm-up to try and get material ready for that is to uh, perform in front of a lot of drunk, loud-mouthed, sweary cockneys (laughs) in a rough pub in Kent. I mean, maybe actually they were just saying where they were. Well, there's a lot of people shouting Kent. I thought they were shouting something else, but maybe not. Actually, maybe they were just telling me where we were. Maybe they thought he's blind. Maybe he doesn't realise where he is. I thought, they were, I thought they were shouting insults at me. Anyway, so what's going to happen now is I'm going to play you clips. And I don't feel too guilty about doing this because you won't be able to really hear any of their material anywhere. But I'm going to play you a few clips of the first two acts, bearing in mind that each person is doing 30 minutes. I didn't know the other two comedians. I've never met them before. To be honest, I don't know if they're any good. And the reason I'm saying that is because I never really got to hear much of their material because... Every single time they opened their mouths, they were just shouted down. And I think, in fairness, the locals didn't know there was going to be necessarily comedy happening. And they've ne- probably never been to stand-up before. They've never been to a comedy club. I think the promoter, and it turns out the promoter, he's just some bloke who runs the quiz at the pub. So he runs the quiz on the on the Monday night. And I think, he fa- for some reason, he fancies himself as a bit of a comedy promoter. Sorry if you're listening to this, my friend. But I think he fancies himself as a comedy promoter. He's like, yeah, I'm going to put on different nights in London in pubs. But... You can't just essentially rock up with a PA system and just thrust comedy on an unsuspecting pub. If you're going to do that, you need to put it in a different room, like a separate room of the pub or something like that, and invite people to come and watch the comedy. You can't just stick a PA and go, right, shut up for the next 30 minutes, because some bloke you've never heard of is going to try out some jokes. And also, he wasn't MCing the night either. He was just introducing the acts on. You know, normally in a comedy night, the MC would say, you know... If you could turn your phones off and be respectful when the acts are on You know, if you want to heckle, you can heckle me I can take it, but try not to heckle the comedians Unless they actively encourage it And let's all have a good night, don't talk while the acts are on And that's fine, because people are aware of the rules And they've come into a designated area for comedy But he just rocked up with the PA system And just said, right everyone, shut up Right everyone, we're doing comedy There's going to be three acts doing 30 minutes each So the locals have come to the pub They're clearly locals, they all know each other And now they've just been told that they're going to listen to 90 minutes of comedy (laughs) So, in some ways, I'm sort of defending, even though I absolutely hate the audience. I can't even call them an audience, in fairness. I hate them. You can't blame them, in a way, because, you know, they've just had comedy thrust upon them. So, let's get to some clips. So what you're going to hear now is you're going to hear the first comedian. And by the way, this isn't the start of the gig. This is like maybe halfway in or ten minutes in. And I started recording because he just wasn't getting a word in. Every single time he tried to say anything, people were just shouting over him. People were just having conversations really loudly. People were just making their own jokes up. At one point, someone started doing, this is before I started recording, someone just started doing knock-knock jokes really loudly to his mate. (laughs) Like I've got a good joke never mind this I've got a good joke mate knock knock so at that point I thought I need to start recording this because this is and I feel slightly guilty but I feel like I don't really need to worry because I'm not going to mention the comedian's name also you can't hear anything that the comedian's really saying and also in fairness he does gigs in an environment where the audience listen not gigs like this where everyone's just talking and you can't do anything so no one's going to be good in that environment there might be some professional comedians who could thrive in an environment like that but I think you could put a TV comedian in. You could put award-winning comedians in a place like that and they would absolutely die on their ass because if no one's listening and people are just shouting over you, they don't they don't care. No one's gonna go, oh no no, but listen to the craftsmanship. So I think I'm fine to play the clips from this gig. So I'm just going to play you little clips. This is the first act, and this is the kind of thing that he had to deal with. So as I say, the guy who was running it, he didn't MC the gig, so he didn't do any comparing where you're from or anything like that. Well, they're all locals, so that'd be a bit pointless. What do you do for a living? I think a lot of them had probably just come straight from prison. Some of them might have even just escaped prison. But he'd not got the crowd warmed up at all, so all he essentially said is, ''Hello, welcome to the comedy club.'' Please welcome your first act. And then just brought him on. So the audience, in fairness, didn't know what to expect. Because if they're not comedy regulars, then they wouldn't know necessarily to shut up. And they didn't shut up, as you're about to hear now. So here's the first clip. So, you can sort of hear the comedian there on the microphone saying, I'm not very healthy. But as you can hear, he's not getting anywhere. No one cares whether he's healthy or not. i As I go for more walks, uh, I saw a church going to day. right? There's a sign on that said, Google doesn't have all the answers. I thought that was pretty funny. I'll go along and see what they're saying. And somebody came along, I uh, I couldn't remember her voice. I thought was somewhere I could have looked it up. I was like, oh, look at this. I'm busy, right? Absolutely no idea what's going on there. I don't know what they're swearing about. I don't know what they're saying. None of them are listening to the comedian. And he's just bravely soldiering on. And we're about 10 minutes in. He's still got to do another 20 minutes. I mean, he doesn't have to. He could just leave. Now, this MC, oh, I can't call him an MC, the promoter of the gig, he said, Oh, yeah, the, the guy we had on before, he was very unprofessional. We've done one night here before, and he was very unprofessional. He said, he, um, he went on, and he only stayed for 15 minutes, and then he just walked out the door. He said, I'm not, I'm not, I can't do this. And he just walked out. He said, It was very unprofessional. He says, I'll not be working with him again. Now, Obviously, I'd not done the gig at this point, so there's a part of me like, oh yeah, that is a bit, you know, a bit weird, isn't it? But actually, no, it's not. If you're doing a gig and no one's listening, you might as well just say, well, what's the point? It's a free gig, I'm not getting anything for it. There's no point in me staying, so I'll just walk out. Also, someone might threaten to kick the shit out of him. But I love the fact that this guy who's putting this gig on is like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm not working with him again. I mean, I, I very much doubt he'd want to work for you again. No one's going to be disappointed about that. Oh, that's a bit of a threat, isn't it? You're never going to work for me again, mate. Anyway, let's have another clip. Let's uh, skip a couple of minutes in, see if the gig's improved. Let's see if he's won them over that if you laugh I'm going to go down oh okay now I can't necessarily say I blame the comedian because in fairness he's having a shit gig and it's not necessarily his fault well it's not his fault but he's obviously there to try new material this has been billed to him as, an, as a sort of a new material thing he's got 30 minutes he's going to probably put in some of the tried and tested and put some new stuff in there and he's going to try and work out what works and what a lot of comedians do is they'll make a mental note sometimes they'll even come on with a piece of paper and if a joke works they'll give it a tick and if the joke doesn't work they'll give it a across or whatever and, and a lot of the audiences like that kind of thing it's part of the night it's like oh that was a good one. Oh, that wasn't a good one and if and the, and the audience can feel invested in it like oh i'm i'm involved here in the whole with that will the joke stay or go so i think that's what this comedian was hoping that the night was going to be so then the guy eventually cracks the comedian eventually cracks we're maybe getting to about the 20 minute point now and no one's been listening to anything that he said and he's clearly come here to work on new material he now just gets annoyed with the audience. He's got a wife, he's got a kid. He's come out here of an evening to do comedy. That's quite a big commitment when you've got family and stuff. You know, I haven't got a family in support. Ellie can't wait to get rid of me. So it's fine for me. I don't even want to do comedy. She just insisted it's part of the relationship. You've got to go out. Get yourself a hobby, David. A hobby that'll take you away from me for months on end. So it's a big commitment for him and I think at this point he's obviously just thought What am I doing with my life? Why have I come out here? I came out here to work on new material and hopefully to work out what works and what doesn't work And instead I've just talked to myself And so he gets angry with the audience and he just appeals to them If you laugh, I'm going to go down there and afterwards I'm going to give that joke a tick You can hear the anger in his voice If you laugh, I'm going to go down there afterwards and I'll give that joke a tick And if you do silence, that's fine too Okay. <laughs> In fairness, he's managed to quieten them down. They can obviously tell he's on he's a breaking point. He's, this is the first time he's managed to quieten them down. And he's basically just told them, look, you're ruining my career. You ho- you're ruining my hopes and dreams. Basically, I've got a piece of paper with all my jokes on. If you like them, laugh. If you don't, just be quiet. And if you talk after it, <laughs> if I talk after it, it doesn't help anyone. Well, and uh, then someone's response immediately to that is, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh i mean in fairness to them the locals i mean again i don't know i'm not sticking up for them because they're absolutely bastards but they came out for a drink they didn't come out to hear some bloke however good he might be trying out jokes so that he can tick them on a piece of paper if they work. That's not me insulting the comedian. That's not me having to go at the comedian. I'm just trying to like see it from their p- perspective. And now he's basically lambasting them. He's basically saying, "Look, just be quiet. If you like what I've said, laugh. If you don't like it, just be quiet." <laughs> well, obviously they're not going to take kindly to that. They they were quiet for a while. He got them quiet for about five to ten seconds there. I'm, uh... <laughs> I'm So now, someone is now having a go at him, he's saying something about... So this is a bit of a weird thing, he must have his mask in his shirt pocket or something? And some bloke's going, what are you doing with your ponytail or something? I think he calls him a puff and says, what's that ponytail or something hanging out the back of your shirt? I don't quite understand it, but essentially, he's referring to his mask. it's my (laughs) mask. And then he's now mocking the comedian for the fact that he wears a mask. He's not wearing a mask on stage, he's just got it coming out of his shirt pocket. He's mistook it for a ponytail and now he's, he starts mocking the comedian going, oh look at me with my mask, look at me wearing my mask because I'm such a good citizen, oh. So he's now belittling him because he believes in wearing masks. So this is the kind of people we're dealing with here. Rude, drunk, loud mouthed, sweary people who don't believe in wearing masks. Oh I'm such a good citizen for wearing a mask. Because I'm a good citizen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it! And then he goes back to try and doing jokes. I haven't done any editing there. Basically the comedian just ignores the whole thing about being a good citizen and being mocked for wearing a mask and then just goes I like living with my mum and just tries to go back to material as if nothing's happened. The material that's got the most attention is his mask. <laughs> So anyway, so he eventually just leaves the stage. He leaves to sort of largely mock applause, I think. Some people shout fuck off, and some people, a couple of people just applaud. Maybe out, maybe there are a couple of polite people in the pub, or maybe, they're, it, maybe it's mock applause. I felt very sorry for him. And then the other guy comes on, the next guy. He knows what kind of an audience to expect, and I think he's decided he's just going to go and do jokes, even if the audience aren't listening. He's just going to rattle through his jokes, but... Essentially, it just sounds like a man mumbling whilst everybody else shouts because he's just mumbling on a microphone trying to do his jokes, but you can't really hear it because everyone's just shouting over him. So you'll hear in the background. So it's almost like he's the one in the background. The comedian is the one in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So I was trying to, I'm trying to prove her, you know, I'm not, I'm not serious for that. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we'll About stuff Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So he's not really doing anything. He's trying to start material, but he, no one's listening. So his confidence is like, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah. The thing is. And then he's trying to speak and he's trying to like get little bits of jokes out. But then he just gets distracted because no one's listening. And his voice is getting quieter and quieter almost. He's he's sort of mumbling now into the microphone. He's not really enunciating as I'm sure he would if he was at a normal gig where people were listening. I'm not having a go at the comedians at, at all. I can't blame them. I mean, it's very difficult to survive in this environment. A part of me is going, I'm sort of relishing the gig still at this point. Because I'm thinking, well, I've got my accordion. Thank God I've got my accordion. So I can just belt out some songs. I could get the crowd involved I get get the shout out bits of the song You know, words of the song or whatever You know, I could do some of more of my smutty jokes I can just berate the audience I feel like I'm confident enough To kind of get the gig going And just grab the bull by the horns, and I'm not going to get my new material out. There's no way. The whole point of the gig was to try new bits. I'm not going to do that. But this is just going to be an exercise in crowd control and just shouting and singing. And So I just thought, well, what we could do is I could just do requests. If they could shout out songs, I'll just do that. I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever it takes to make the gig work. I thought it'd be a, it's a bit of a challenge. Someone in the audience hears the guy mention anti-vaxxers or make some joke about people who don't believe in vaccines. And even though I didn't think anyone was listening, this guy's clearly listening, because he then starts having a gourd in him going, oh, here we go. We're going down this road, are we? Oh, don't even go there, mate. Don't you get... Don't go there. And he gets angry with the man, with the comedian for talking about anti-vaxxers. So he's clearly... I think it's the same bloke who didn't want to wear a mask. Oh, we're not, yeah. 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 And then, uh, oh, we're not going down that road, are we? We're not going there, are we? So he's not happy with that. Oh, yeah. Now, OK, so this next clip I'm playing now, the second comedian's gone. And I think he only did 10 minutes. He was going to do 30 minutes and he left, so he won't be working with him again. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he's very sad to hear that. <laughs> Maybe that's what he thought, he'd heard the story about the other guy who walked off and he thought, I don't want to work with him again, I need to make sure I don't, I'm going off after 10 minutes. So he left and then the MC comes on, I can't call him an MC, the guy who basically just introduces the act. I think he has a go at the audience at this point and he says, the night would be a lot better if you'd all listen and starts having a go at the audience. And I'm sorry to say, I think the night would be a lot better if you weren't running it, but I might be un- I might be being unfair. You know, he might, have just, he might have just gotten lucky and he, he would be a good promoter. So I was meant to be there tonight, but I'm recording this podcast, but obviously I've come back to Sheffield. I just let him know. I just said, I'm, I can't do the gig tomorrow, on Thursday, because I've lost my paid gigs. So there's no point staying around. Unfortunately, he was quite understanding. He said, oh, that's understandable. He didn't message and said, you're never going to work with me again. So I was quite disappointed. <laughs> what happens is he then, as I go to the audience, if they're not listening, the audience starts going, go on, you give us a joke, you have a go, you have a go, and just sit, keep shouting for the bloke to do a joke, and, jo- and the bloke's going, no, no, I run the, uh, the quiz on the Monday. Uh, I, I don't do jokes, no, no. Go on, you have a joke, go on, you have a go. Go on, you have a go. Go on. You have go on. you ever heard of a talk morning go on Monday nights doing a quiz go night? You should have done like that. So at this point, an Irish bloke stands up and says, I'll do you a joke. So then he grabs the microphone off the, the promoter, inadverted inverted commas, promoter, and then proceeds to tell a joke in the microphone. And ironically, the whole place falls quiet. <laughs> They've just listened to a load of comedians, but one of their own has now got up to tell a joke. A horse walks into a bar. I think we all know where this is going. And the bartender says, Why the long face? There we go. So it's getting to the point where it's my turn to go on. They have a bit of a break. The MC said, I'll give you a, a little break, get your chance to get a few more drinks. Oh, I thinking, bloody hell, we don't need that. So then, just as I'm about to go on stage, a bloke obviously sees that I've got an accordion, and he comes up to me and he says, do you do Irish songs? I say, oh, what do you want to hear? Thinking he's asking me to do an Irish song. And then he says, no, I'm asking because you don't want to be doing that stuff down here. It's not gonna go down very well. So he's warning me not to do Irish songs. I don't know why. You don't do any Irish songs, do you? What do you want? Well, no. Uh, well, they don't go down when we... Well, all right. Well, no, don't. No, oh. All right. <laughs> all right. So he says, you don't do any Irish songs, do you? And I said, what do you want? And he says, no, well, don't. They won't go down very well here. All right, just don't. And then he says, good luck. Oh, bloody hell. What kind of a pub is this? Why can't I do Irish songs? (laughs) Anyway, it's my turn to go on. First thing I do is I mention. (laughs) Now, you might say, right, David... Don't mention the fact, the Irish thing, because there's obviously something in this pub with Irish people. But even though there was an Irish bloke in the audience, so I don't know why. So I, the first thing is, I go on, and I talk about the fact that a bloke's just come up to me and said, don't do any Irish songs. He, uh, so I've probably done the, the worst thing he could probably do is draw attention to the thing that I shouldn't be drawn attention to. So, I mean, <laughs> but that's how I began the gig. I've already had a weird uh, heckle before I've even come on. Someone said, do you know any Irish songs? I and I said, oh, what do you want? He said, no, don't... It wouldn't go down very well here. Any particular reason why? Real-life pressure. Huh? What? You're Irish all Lovely, jubby. Lovely jubby. thank you very much, my friend. You're presumably not the Irish person. Uh, right. <laughs> Before we start. <laughs> And then there's an irish the irish bloke then just shouts seriously fuck off and i think he might be i don't know if he's saying it in me because i've said you're clearly not the irish person to the cockney who's gone lovely jubbly i mean no one answered my question why we can't do irish i think they were saying something like because we're british or something like that so maybe maybe this guy's the irish guy's shouting about that or i think he might be having a go at me because i've said to the cockney you're clearly not irish yeah. Now, why, uh, do why do Irish people always get so much abuse? Why do Irish people always get so much abuse? I think the people <laughs> who had the most abuse are the people <laughs> with a microphone, my friend. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he says why did the why do the Irish always get so much abuse? I said, well I think tonight the people who are getting the most abuse are the people with a the microphone. It, oh, yeah. oh yeah, I was gonna say heckles in English, but you find that offensive. No, <laughs> And then, for some reason, after they've just said don't sing any Irish songs, some blog just starts singing about singing good old-fashioned British songs and he sings It's a Long Way to Tipperary. He can't hear it unfortunately in the recording, but he says we want British songs and then he begins to sing It's a Long Way to Tipperary. Tipperary's in Ireland. (laughs) He's managed to pick a bloody Irish song but not understand the irony. And then everyone starts joining in. So I've been told not to sing Irish songs and then someone sings It's a Long Way to Tipperary and everyone goes, oh, good old-fashioned British song and starts joining in. Ridiculous. So I think, right, well, I don't know why they're singing It's a Long Way to Tipperary but I might as well just play along with the accordion. So I'm singing along really loudly, playing the accordion, and just shouting, "Go on, you bastards! Sing, you bastards!" And I just thought, a part of me just thought, I'm just going to like swear at them because that's what they do—they're swearing all the time. So I'm just going to swear at them as well and just create this energy in the room, like meet them at their own angry energy, which may not be the right way to play it. But so I just thought, well, that's what I'm going to do for the 30 minutes. I'm just going to do some requests. I mean, that's the best applause that anyone has got all night. Yay! 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 Oh. Best and someone shouts, best best bit of tonight. <laughs> and the comedy bo- what, even better than the long face joke? And the comedy boards come to nothing. Um, oh, right. So I, don't know what, I was going to say what I was going to talk to you about, but I have no idea we just do requests for all the good it's going to do tonight. Right, any requests? I've got a request for you Oh yeah? Is it going to be fucked off? Go on. Do you think far away? Can I sing far away? Very good, my friend. Down the fucking road. Down the fucking road, yeah, yeah. So I've asked if anyone's got any requests. And I was quite surprised because I thought, right, I've got them on side. So they'll shout out requests, I'll play them. It's going to be a great night. I actually started looking forward to it. Then I shout, Has anyone got any requests? It's met by silence. And then some bloke goes, I've got a request. Can you play far away? Fucking down the fucking road. And then tells me to fuck off. And I was sort of a bit disappointed because I was like, I thought we'd started a bond. I thought I could res- i thought I could rescue this gig. Down the road. He sounds so aggressive as well, and so I decided to do something that gets everyone against him, or that gets everyone laughing at him. So I tell everybody that I've just heard that our heckling friend tonight is uh, going to get the drinks in for everyone. It's some good news. Our friend over there who keeps heckling—he's just announced that the drinks are on him tonight. There we are. <laughs> So people are going for that, they like that. I mean, I've i got them on side again, I've got them on side. Unfortunately, and this is where my reflections on the gig were wrong on my social media post, because I said, the guy said he was going to kick the shit out of me after I'd made the comment about Nigel Farage. Oh no, you still got the Nigel Farage comment to come, my friends. He'd actually threatened to kick the shit out of me because I made that joke about him getting the drinks in. I know that might come as a shock, because you might think, what, so someone threatened to kick the shit out of you, and then after someone had threatened to kick the shit out of you, you thought you would nullify the situation? by making a joke about Nigel Farage. I know. <laughs> Bearing in mind they were so patriotic, you could, you know, they were saying, don't sing any Irish songs, it's, it's, we, we want it, British songs. Clearly, why did I think talking about Nigel Farage was going to be a good idea? Anyway, you've got that to look forward to. He threatened to kick the shit out of me because I said that he was going to buy the drinks for everyone. And he obviously didn't like that everybody else was now laughing at him. <laughs> 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 any requests before I piss off? One. Uh, yeah. Fuck off now? Yeah. Uh, hey, come, uh, out, come outside by the corner if i fucking camera, yeah? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. So, again, I'm just going to explain what he said just in case it's a bit muffled. Now the bloke who I've said he's going to buy all the drinks, he's now stood up, told me to fuck off, and he says, come outside with me and I'm going to take you to where there's no cameras and I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Uh, come outside by the if I'm fucking yeah? But I love the fact that he says, I'm going to take you around the corner where there's no fucking cameras and I'm going to beat the shit out of you. But presumably he's doing that so there's no evidence of him beating the shit out of me. But he's just announced to a pub full of people that he's going to beat the shit out of me. So, I mean, it's hardly, it's hardly an evidenceless crime. Come outside by the corner, where do fucking cameras. you, know? and I'll be there. I mean, listen to the state of that man. Who's called? Oh, come on, then. Come outside with his own fucking cameras, I'll fucking beat the shit out of you. Uh, you come outside by the corner, where do fucking cameras. you, and know? back will So someone now shouts, he's fucking blind, you dickhead. I mean, what's great about this? If I wasn't blind, that would be acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as I point out there, sorry for just repeating what I'm saying, but just in case you can't hear it very well. I say, I like the fact that he's, uh, that bloke there has just shouted, you can't do that, he's blind. As if, like, if I wasn't blind, it would be perfectly acceptable to drag the comedian out and kick his head in. (laughs) But fortunately, being blind, I've been saved. (laughs) What, what is great about this, if I wasn't blind, that would be acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the fact that you don't mind him kicking the shit out of me. It's just that I happen to be blind and you've got standards. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> I, uh, you- so it, it feels like the crowd is sort of on my side a little bit. And the thing is, as well, someone has just threatened to kick the shit out of me. But because I've got it, a- if someone had done that in real life, or not real life, that just shows how weird being a comedian is. If someone had done that and I didn't have a microphone, I'd like... Probably back away and be like, this is someone to avoid. Because I've got a microphone and I'm meant to be on stage. Well, it's not really a stage, just standing by the bar, shouting into him. But because I'm in that situation where I've got a microphone, I just stand up to him. I don't even feel that nervous about the whole situation. I mean, i to tell you, I'm not actually blind. I'm just doing this so I do get my head kicked in. <laughs> Thank you very much. Shall I just, I tell you what, I've never been. So the beeping, the beeping you can hear is my timer going off. Now I set my timer for 15 minutes, thinking, well, by that point, I'll know I'm halfway through. Bearing in mind my alarm's going off, for 15 minutes I'm meant to do 30, and now I'm suggesting I'm going to leave the stage. Just boo me off I'm meant to be doing another 15 minutes on top of this But what they basically are now shouting Over the top of my phone beeping I mean some people in the pub might think it's my, my assault alarm I've called the bodyguards What you can hear is you can hear them shouting No, one more song So Some people seemingly now want me to stay It's very odd One more song, song. Alright, alright Alright, we'll do one more song Alright all I don't think this one's going to go down very well it. But... Okay, this is the Nigel Farage bit. I'm going to sing a song about. uh, I'm going to sing a song about a French person who is particularly angry. He's been inspired by Lawrence Fox, Nigel Farage, and their ilk, who are constantly saying, constantly saying, "You're in the wrong place there for slandering them." You're in the wrong place there for slandering them. I'm in the wrong place for slandering them, am I? We're all normal working class people here. He can, can be working class man. You don't have to. Uh, no, but the aren't do We're all normal working class people here. Working class people here. He can be working class man. You don't have to. support aren't ours. but don't pretend you don't understand what you're like, don't i are about. Don't pretend. Like, don't pretend it's you're bad. better, better it's 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 really it. It. Don't pretend you're better than them. I don't pretend. I'm I don't know it. what he's talking about. Absolutely not! No. Don't pretend you don't understand what you're saying. Don't pretend you don't understand what you're saying. Don't pretend you're better than them. Don't pretend you're better. Don't pretend you're better than them. I don't pretend. I'm i putting up with them. Deal with the situation I'm just Wait. giving you. Deal with it. Don't pretend. What's wrong with Nigel? I love that. What's wrong with Nigel? Deal with the situation I'm just Wait. giving you. Deal with it. Wait, don't pretend. Wait, it. Nigel. Oi, what's wrong with Nigel? Oh, what's wrong with Nigel? What's wrong with oh, no. oh, oh, And then, then a lot of other people start shouting, Yeah, what's wrong with Nigel? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. oh no, I know what's going to happen now. you suddenly... You're situation. Here we go. Suddenly, I'm allowed to get my oh, picked now. There we go for it. Go on. So now he's telling me to sing the song. He's going, I've told you the situation. Now go on, go for it. You sing the song. See what happens. So he's essentially now insisting that I sing the song. And now people are shouting, shut up, and I think they're shouting, shut up at me, not him. So I'm trying to talk, and people are just going, shut up, shut up. for it? Go, Go there. There. Shut, shut up! up. I mean, these are probably the kind of people who say about free speech, bang on about, you know, you can't say anything these days, all that nonsense. And now I've mentioned Nigel Farage, and they're all just shouting, shut up, shut up. You can't sing that here. You can't talk about Nigel Farage here. Don't slander him. Don't sing Irish songs. Sing good old fashioned British songs like a long way to Tipperary. So now I'm being told it's terrible what I'm doing. If you want to take it out on that poor fucker. I love that, the idea of Nigel Farage. I don't know, I don't know anything about his sex life. If I want to take it out on that poor fucker, just remember there's more of us than there is of you or something like that. So I'm essentially now being threatened by everybody. I don't know what is going on. I, I would love to know what's going on, but someone might put this in writing. <laughs> <and write it. laughs> just let me know what the fuck is going on. Get the talk right now. Right. I gave you the opportunity to boom me off. Wait, I'm gonna give you one more chance. Right, I'm not going to... tell you what. I'm just going to sing this. And I just sing a different song. I sing the final song. That was the weird thing as well. I kept saying, look, I'm going. I'll, I'll leave. And everyone just kept out, no, no, one more song, come on. Anyway, I do my last song and I come off stage. If you want to follow me on Twitter, my name is Andrew Lawrence. Fuck off. Right. <laughs> so my parting words were, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my name is Andrew Lawrence, now fuck off. And then I just walk off. <laughs> And of course The brilliant David Eagle <laughs> The brilliant David Eagle Says the promoter Round of applause I don't think You're going to salvage this mate The promoter says Round of applause To the brilliant David Eagle So I just give myself A massive round of applause <laughs> Dude, I'm going to kick thing. his head in. I'm going to kick his head in. You can't, mate. He's blind. <laughs> oh, God. At which point, I then get told I should probably leave quickly. One of the other comedians hurries me out of the door to a few kind of jeers and people shouting fuck off. And uh, we just get in the car and I drive to the Premier Inn that I was staying at. Oh god! So that was meant to be day one of a week of different comedy things—some free, some paid—which culminated in a gig that I'm doing with Hal Cruttenden and Robin Ince. You can't get more different than that. A Robin Ince crowd compared to that—I'd love to see. I'd love to see Robin Ince in that pub. I just want to talk to you about black holes. Oh, I'll talk to you about. Don't you mention blacks in here. We don't want black holes. What's wrong? with have got old-fashioned British white holes. Send them back. Anyway, we'll be back next week for the David Eagle podcast with. Classic features such as Herbal Tea of the Week, where we review a herbal tea and talk about how it smells and tastes. <laughs> oh dear, it's quite a multifaceted podcast, the David Eagle podcast. I'd only just that day got delivery of some business cards. Because I thought, I do all these gigs, and I never hand out, like, cards or anything like that. And so, you know, it'd be quite good to do that, because then people might want to follow me on social media, but they might forget to do that or whatever. So if they've got a card, that might help. So this is my first gig where I've had the business cards. Bearing in mind, at least one person wanted to kick the shit out of me. I don't think I was going to be handing out business cards that day. Anyway, I'll be back next week with Ellie. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Uh, I am fucking off, mate. I am. Calm down.